Everybody. Wow, Mike, it's been such a long time since we've been back in the studio. Feels like forever. <laughs> Thanks, everyone, for joining the RC After Hours. We are finally back doing another podcast. I know it's been a while. I apologize. Things got crazy busy, but we're back, and we will definitely make it up to you. Thanks, everybody, for joining us on Facebook Live. Uh, come in and hang out. Answer. Uh, we'll get some questions going here in a little bit. Uh, so thanks for uh, coming and hanging out with us on a true RC after hours. It's yes. in the evening. <laughs> I am sucking down the Red Bull trying to stay awake this evening. But we're going to get through it. We're going to have a good time. So joining us today in studio, the great white hunter, Mike Coolens. Hello. How are you, Mike? Real good. Yeah? Real good. Saw a buck on the way here from the road. Oh, here we go. You <laughs> talked awesome. about me and the bike. They have velvet yeah. now, so I can yep. pick what's what's out there a little uh, And also joining us, uh, the crazy Canadian all the way up in Ottawa, Canada, Andre the Tree Russo. <laughs> more trees. Yes, more trees. <laughs> and joining us today, our special guest, uh, Miguel Alvarez, uh, who works for Horizon Hobby in the Spectrum Radio Department, who is an engineer. So, Miguel, thank you for joining us. We really appreciate you coming on the show and hanging out with us today. Yeah, I'm really happy to be here. Uh, we're going to get some questions for you. We're uh, up on Facebook Live. Real quick, though, uh, we got to run through some sponsors to help pay for the show and help bring Miguel on the show. Um, if you guys have been listening to the show, you know that um, uh, Get FPV has uh, really helped us out and kept the show going. And I think that it sounds like we've been doing a fantastic job for him, and they want to continue with us. That's so great. We just got to throw Get FPV out there real quick. We love the guys down there in Florida. Uh, they've really helped us out and seem to you know enjoy the show and want to uh, see it grow. So if you want any uh, drone or FPV needs, go check out getfpv.com. And also, our code was working so well, they told us it was like <laughs> unbelievable that they had to change it and see you know see if uh, they could get more people to sign up. So if you go to getfpv.com, order. $120 worth of stuff. If you type in RC After Hours, you will get 10% off your entire 
order. And also what I learned, Mike, is they had a big flash sale, and I thought, oh, you know, our code's not going to work. But Roy actually texts me and says, hey, anybody that's going to buy anything on our sale, if you type in the after hours code, you can still get that extra 10% off. Wow. So that's a huge, yeah, double C. Huge, huge discount. So now is it RC after hours? RC after hours now is hours. Yeah, they corrected it. Yeah. Yeah. So um, we'll talk about a little bit more about them later on in the show. But thanks, Get FPV, for hanging in there with us uh, and keeping the show going. Okay. Let's get into it, Miguel. uh, Usually, first thing we like to do uh, to all our guests is. Where you're from, we like to just get the lowdown yeah, in the dirty. Yeah. You know, how you got in the RC. Is it, you know, some of our guests, uh, as far as, you know, we talked to, didn't have any RC knowledge. And, you know, they'd come in and, and learn everything. But I'm assuming you probably were maybe in the RC or something. And then I'd like to know how you ventured all the way. I believe you're from Texas. And I could be wrong, but I think you're from Texas. How you ventured all the way up and, and got in with Horizon Hobby. Sure. Uh, well, I've been around a little bit, so I was actually born in Texas, but then I moved to Columbia when I was nine, which is where my parents are from. Okay. Um, and that's why I'm wearing the Columbia team ah. shirt right now. They played today. Um, I was in Columbia from five to nine, and then after that, I was back in Texas for basically the rest of my life until I moved up to Champaign, mm-hmm. just when I was like, I guess, 23, 24. I don't even remember anymore. Um, even though it's not been that long, but I've been in horizon for three years. Um, I was in the hobby before that I started with cars cause it was easy. I, I didn't have anyone to show me, uh, how to fly planes and stuff. So I started with cars, which was a logical, easy, mm. you know, they're but, much harder to destroy. <laughs> yeah. But did you have interest in the, the plane side of it though? Or just, Oh yeah. Too... I wanted planes. Oh, gotcha. But my, my parents didn't know what, to, like, you know, <laughs> I was, you know, 10, 12 years old. They didn't know what to do. They, they didn't know anything about RC. Right. And so the logical thing was get a car and, you know, mm-hmm. it's Progress, easy to, yeah. or at least, you know, kind of learn the whole perspective thing. You know, when it's pointing mm-hmm. towards you, it's opposite than when it's pointing away, at least in 2d, and then step up to 3D. But I had a lot of crashes before I actually learned. I went through like three different planes. And then the one that actually got me in the air for the first time, like wh- the one that I actually learned on was an Aerobird Extreme. Which oh, yeah. I don't, I don't know. Uh, that's an older. I was going to say, that's an, that's an old plane there. Yeah. Who made that but, one? So, uh, it-, it was a hobby zone, I think, back then. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. That sounds right. Yeah. Um, but the reason I got that one was because all the planes that I got initially, every time I tried hand launching them or something, the first thing that would happen would be they'd dive and the propeller would break right away. <laughs> and then they, they had this lineup yes. later on. I was like, oh, look at this nice mm-hmm. foam nose with mm-hmm. a pusher. This is perfect because I always crash head first. <laughs> right. So I got that and I just learned through trial and error, I guess. Um, and that kind of kicked off the whole plane learning. Did you do simulator uh, before you did, or you just went out and did that? No, no, because <laughs> that's another progression people do. Sometimes yeah, I learned too. stalling the hard way. <laughs> <laughs> I think we all did. Uh, yeah, back then. it's it's amazing because yeah. I yeah I didn't I don't I know I didn't start with a simulator. I was oh, on me a neither. <laughs> we were just launching, yeah. Yeah. Well, we were just fly when crash I, when repeat. I, yeah, when I got that first plane, I didn't even know there were RC simulators. And 
it might have been a thing, but it was probably just uh, still pretty early as well. Sure, I don't sure. I don't know how experienced you guys are with simulators. I don't know when they started. Do you guys? Know, I don't like, either. Really, the history. Well, of it. Uh, real real flight's real been flight's around been for around. quite a while. I want to say probably yeah. 15, 16 years, maybe somewhere around mm-hmm. there. So, so I did get real flight when I was going to get into helis, mm-hmm. and that was around nine years ago, I think now. Um, I didn't do helis too long after that, but I at least wanted, you know, I wanted to, like, <laughs> nobody I'm, does helis. I'm having doing flashbacks it. here because I went through the same the thing. I'm like, helis. Oh, fly crash, fly crash. Crash. screw this. I'm going right to helis. Oh, no, that didn't work out very well. Well, yeah, oh, I went to the hobby shop because I wanted a heli and I saw they had a simulator. I was like, oh, well, this seems like the smarter way to learn other than my whole plane experience. I mean, mm. it was like a total of like three years before I learned how to fly. Because after the first time's crashing it, I just like yes. went dormant for like yep. two years, and then mm-hmm. after I was like, you know what, I'm gonna fix this thing up, and I'm gonna learn mm-hmm. how to fly it. Yep. But that sounds just yeah, like it me. took a while to <laughs> get that first, you know, takeoff and landing successful. <laughs> yes. So, so funny. I did get the simulator, and it helped for helis, but I didn't. I don't know. I'd still like planes much more. <laughs> it's funny because I kind of went the opposite way. Is uh, I actually have a pilot's license, so when we were getting into RC, I'm oh. like, oh, I can fly any kind of RC plane. I know how to fly a real plane. I learned real quick <laughs> that it's not real, yeah, like, dude, reality. Thumb, yeah, I'm like, I know what to do, but my thumbs didn't Dang know it. what to do. <laughs> And I got frustrated with it because I kept crashing. Like, why can't I keep this stupid thing in the air? You know what I mean? It's just not working. (laughs) And I I shelved everything and I went to cars. And I went to cars for probably at least two years or or over two years. And then finally I was like, you know what? I've got to get this flying thing down. I just have to get it. And then went back to the – to the uh, because the the thing about the cars I found out, Miguel, and you probably realize this, is they're expensive. And I always was working on them because I was always breaking them or doing something stupid with them. And, and, you know, you get a plane, once you figure out how to fly, generally, you know, you don't have to dump money in it all the time. They were, the foam planes were way cheaper. And it was actually the Horizon Hobby T28 that got me back into flying. I watched a bunch of videos on that thing and I was like, you know what? That thing is amazing. It looks like it flies great. It's foam, you know, and I was like, and that got me back in. So and then I shelved the cars. And I've always, um, or I guess in the planes, I've done purely electric until last year being at Horizon. But when I was in cars, I did have one nitro car and the whole maintenance, cleaning out the filters and plus the dirt and everything that you get with any car. Yep. It just becomes kind of tedious. Once you do get to learn, once you do learn how to fly planes, it does, uh, it is, it kind of is a little simpler in that sense. Right. Not as much maintenance, I guess. Right. And then also, I'm looking at uh, your video here in the background. I think I see a DLG sitting back there. Oh, yeah. So yeah. I also started that. Um, <laughs> so I bought that off of one of the Horizon guys, Craig Greening. Mm-hmm. You guys know who he is? Uh, he, yep. So he's, a deal, he's an Australian guy, and he's a DLG guy. Um, and I kind of... This is my, other than the Whippet, that's my first actual DLG, but I got a pretty good deal off of them. Uh, I just started that recently. Uh-huh. I what? bought it from him in March, and then I went skiing, and I got injured and with my throwing arm, so oh, I geez. couldn't even fly it for like three months till after. 
Uh, so, or no, like I did a... fly it once before I got injured, and then after that, I couldn't do anything for a I, while. I assume this was water skiing. No, snow skiing. Snow skiing. Yeah, I seen I seen snow the picture. Okay, <laughs> I didn't know. I'm like, I got a. I don't yeah. know. I didn't see your Facebook stalking me a bit. Yeah, so. I had to. I had to figure a few things out before I had you on. So yeah, I'm just. Stuck. I'm totally in the black. Here. Uh, yeah. Like I have no nothing. So you'll you'll realize All right, that. So uh, now, did you? Where did you go to school? I mean, what kind of engineering did you get into? And then maybe lead us yeah, up. Yeah, see, a it looks like an oscilloscope there. Besides, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. So uh, probably electrical engineer. <laughs> what what brand is that? Uh, is uh, that's a Riggle. Oh, okay. Uh, the the scope and the power supply. Um, but as far as the scopes, those are, uh, the lower cost ones, yeah. at least for personal use, it's much easier to get one of sure. those than, uh, something yeah. else. Yeah. Mike here um, across from me, he's an electrical engineer also. <laughs> so. Oh, so, nice. So yeah. How did, did uh, you know, that come about and you eventually find horizon hobby then? Okay. Yeah. So I, uh, went to Texas A&M and I did electrical engineering. Mm-hmm. Um, I was actually, I initially wanted to do mechanical and the school filled up on mechanical before my high school sent out our transcripts. Uh, and they were like, Oh, you could transfer easily. No problem. Uh, but I actually ended up liking electrical much more. So I stayed in that. Uh, and for horizon, um, I guess like initially as far as career paths, I never really planned on getting into RC but I did want to do something with planes. So I was thinking like Boeing or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then I saw that Horizon had some internship uh, opportunities at the time. They're kind of on and off. They're not, I mean, they're not a huge company like Boeing, but right. So this time they did have internships for engineering. So I figured, Oh, I'll do that even though it's far away, but you know, it's my hobby. Right. And who doesn't want to work for like doing stuff that they do for a hobby. Right. Um, so I did an internship that was like three months over the summer. Um, and then after that, they, uh, offered me the job, um, contingent on graduation. So I decided <laughs> nice. to come over here. <laughs> nice. Uh, so yeah, that's how I got to horizon. <laughs> so I started here, um, July, 2015. So I've been here about three years now. Oh, wow. Nice. All right, uh, so should we jump into some radio uh, questions? Because I know I have a few off the top of my head. Maybe maybe Andre does too. Uh, I think one yeah. thing, maybe, Miguel, if, uh, it's kind of a broad th- question, but what's probably one of the big misconceptions about RC radios that people talk about or whatever that really, I wouldn't say don't exist, but, you know, they can say, Here, here's an example. I've had uh, quite a few uh, emails and stuff about people having interference about uh, cell phone towers. Now, I can tell mm-hmm. you first firsthand from being you know at flight test, and then Chad Capper, if anybody knows, has a cell phone tower right practically in mm-hmm. his backyard. <laughs> we have flown everything yeah, around that tower, in the tower, through the tower, <laughs> and never had any problems. So I was just wondering, that's kind of one example, but what, what is something you know uh, that people say that really it's a misconception about it? Anything come to mind? Um... Not too many things. I mean, I do remember there was the, I don't know if you guys remember this. There was some guy that, um, he demonstrated how to hack into a DSMX receiver. Mm -hmm. Um, he, he like 
did the whole uh he reverse engineered the whole protocol and made this device to hack into uh one of our receivers and the whole community was going crazy <laughs> like oh dsmx is unsafe spectrum oh my god look at that they just hacked into it like we're all unsecure and i think many people well, so first of all this guy he said um you can do this with any of the rc protocols i did it with spectrum because it's the radio that I just happen to have, and it's what I like using. Um, but aside from that, people forget that we're not the purpose of our digital protocols are not to keep hackers out. They're pre- they're to prevent interference between other radios. Mm-hmm. If I wanted to take out someone else's plane, I could just get some high powered two point like get some two point four transmitter and just you know get some super long Yagi antenna and blast it out of the sky. No problem. Ah. Cause even if you do hack into it, if you don't have the same model set up, then mm-hmm. you're not actually oh, going to yes. take it over. I got it's just going to go out of the sky anyway. Yeah. So you could just as easily, you know, blast it with something else. Right. It's not a problem. Yeah. But yeah, so I think people kind of overreacted on that and it kind of called like, you know, people forgot about it real quick, but that is one of the, one of the examples I do remember where mm. people kind of freaked out that their RC models were going to get hacked. <laughs> oh, that's funny. So that kind of leads me into the next question I had. Were what what are some of the things, though, that sh- actually interfere or can cause some interference with a, a 2.4 RC radio? Mm-hmm. Um, well, I guess, like, when you mentioned the cell tower, I mean – any kind of RF can increase, they, they can reduce the overall sensitivity of your receiver. Mm-hmm. So they'll raise the noise floor. So it'll kind of, it could reduce your max range, but a lot of times we do put filters on receivers and transmitters to kind of block out the other frequencies. So in terms of cell towers that are around the 900 megahertz range, okay. you're not, you're probably not going to see much of an effect, but if you are right up against it, or mm-hmm. if your plane is right up against it and you're really far away, uh-huh. then the noise floor is raised and it could impact your max range. But gotcha. depending on those two distances, it's probably not going to have a big effect. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen, as far as things that will actually affect it, I put my on one of my quads, I had a GoPro on it. And I turned the Wi-Fi on because <laughs> yeah. I wanted to use it to track. Like if I if my quad went down, I wanted to be able to go like find it uh-huh. with my phone. Um, I kind of <laughs> didn't really think about what I was doing then, but yeah, I I lost signal real quick because oh, you wow. have this you have this device transmitting on mm-hmm. two point four mm-hmm. right next to your two point four receiver antennas. Oh yeah, it blocks you out real quick. <laughs> Um, yep. So GoPro Wi-Fi or you know any other device you put on there on 2.4 will take it out real quick. Mm, that's interesting. Um, that's probably the the main thing I've seen because if you have Wi-Fi next to you, mm-hmm. it's not gonna be it's not gonna have as much of an impact since you're playing as far away as well. Um, but yeah, I think I think that probably that GoPro example is the main thing I've seen take out quad mm-hmm. also if you do like one point if you do fpv if you have like 1.2 obviously if you have 2.4 gigahertz video transmitter on there that'll yeah. take oh, it out oh yeah 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 right, um, right. <laughs> that's true uh i've had a plane go out in the air even with a 2.4 video transmitter from someone else's plane 
yeah. on the ground. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I remember when I was like, before I even graduated college, I, when I was getting into FPV, I tried 1.2 gigahertz video on a 2.4 radio. And, uh, that also took it out real quick. Oh, you no don't kid. have, yeah. So, um, but yeah, I think most people these days just use 5.8 anyway. Right, right, right. Huge. Yeah. Because we, we definitely found uh, there was a few spots uh, at Flight Fest over by that well that's there. That yeah. ev- Every year, a lot of people have problems over there with. Uh, and I wonder if it's one of the houses near the oil well on the other side of the road. I don't know, but, but a lot of those oil wells will have uh, some kind of radio receivers that, that sends information back to like their home base or whatever, let them know if something's wrong or if there's a problem. So I wonder if whatever they're sending out uh, from them wells you know, can cause some, some kind of interference because every year <laughs> we have some kind of problem uh, over there. I had a question, yeah, if, go. if you don't mind me go. cutting in. Nope, um, not at all. This is just my own personal one ex- example experience or mm-hmm. whatever, but I, I had a DX6i and I could bind like right next to the plane all the time. And mm-hmm. then I get the DX8 mm-hmm. and I had to go in the other room. And when the tech, cause I sent it back for repair, I thought something was wrong. And he's like, he went through all the testing for the, the transmitter and stuff. And he's like, no, it's just that it's screaming at, he, he explained it, it'd be like screaming at it at close mm-hmm. range. And I'm thinking, why didn't the engineer to tone it down for binding oh. it or something to that effect? Why am I having such hard times binding the plane un- compared to my DX6i mm-hmm. with the DX8? That's, That's a good question. And I'm just wondering why that wasn't engineered or into the product or what, what what's going on there. I mean, is that a true statement? Was he, the tech there right that it is truly screaming at it and it just couldn't, yeah, yeah. couldn't hear so it? I mean, that's an analogy he used, but it made sense. But I'm just thinking, well, why don't they tone it down for binding? Most people don't bind from the that's other room. That's not a bad idea. <laughs> I don't I know. Mean, I so, mean, uh, do you guys know who Andy Coons is? Yes, I do. So he's a guy that, well, I, if, yeah, I'm sure you guys know, would definitely know who he is way before you know who I am. Um, but he's the guy, he's basically our RC Group's customer support. Um, but <laughs> Technically, his actual role is uh, transmitter firmware. So he is the sole person. Well, him and another guy now, since we got the IX-12 in the lineup. Mm-hmm. And they may um, have fixed it at this point. I'm just explaining my one. I'm not, so. I'm not sure if he's <laughs> actually done that or not. Um, I think it might be an issue with how the, the radio communicates with the module itself. I don't know if it's something that we can make it do. The way it is right now, mm-hmm. we might have to change the firmware on both, and it might be a whole protocol change. Um, I'd have to talk to him about that. Um, but yes, the whole screaming at it is true <laughs> because the problem is um, when you're binding and it's uh, sending packets at different frequencies, mm-hmm. since you're so close, sometimes it picks up a packet from the frequency that's not actually what it's trying to listen for. So it's more of like an interference thing from it being so uh, transmitting so loudly, I guess. Right <laughs> next to it. I, I mean, his analogy was great. I mean, yeah. just I just like okay, <laughs> why, why is this happening all of a yeah, sudden with right. my new transmitter? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I like I said, I was so concerned. I sent it back. I'm like, right. can you just check it out? Because I was I couldn't really yeah. bind anything, and now I'm binding mm-hmm. from right. a different room in my house every time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But it works, so yeah. I'm not going to complain it anymore. Yeah. I'll be right back. I'll listen for the pizza. Like yeah. this all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Radio up. <laughs> yeah. 
Yes. <laughs> yeah. That's funny though, because some some planes I do have to do that. Some I can be right next to them, they're fine, or yeah. some you know receivers and other ones I can't. Just I a gotta, generic question. Yeah, I guess. That's a good question, know. Mike. No, a couple. Even on a couple of mine, I'll get RSSI warnings because I'm too close to the aircraft, and, and it's got to be the same thing. It's just scattering, right? Because mm-hmm. it's so close. So. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, we are aware of that, and um. I believe it's a fix on receivers, which we are. I believe it'll be out on any new receiver we release. Cool. Let's see. So I guess you could you could do like uh, you know when you do a range uh, when you do a range test. I guess the, is the radio goes to a lower power mode. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's like the first thing that comes to my mind is just use range test power. But mm-hmm. I think the problem is doing the rate because the. The transmitter only tells the module whether it's EU power, US, because we do have different power levels for EU and US. Gotcha. For, uh, compliance uh, limits. Um, but then we also have a range test power. Um, but I don't know. I'd have to talk to Andy about that. But I don't know if we can do um, range test power and give it bind commands at the same time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a good point, um, Miguel. I'm I'm curious too. What do you do like on a daily or weekly basis? I'm sure there's multiple things, but what's you know at your, work? Yes, yeah. Okay, um, so so I'm an electrical engineer, so I do work a lot on hardware designs, so mm-hmm. circuit designs, I guess, for um, receivers and transmitters. I guess um, the latest thing I worked on that has been released was hardware wise was the ix12 right um, right beside you yeah yeah, yeah. i uh strategically <laughs> placed it there <laughs> it's a great, uh, great radio yeah um i but i also do a lot of firmware and primarily on receivers because and like the transmitter is side of things is for andy mm-hmm. um but so yeah so for the electrical engineers at work um need, none of us do um just hardware we also do a lot of firmware so there are some projects where i actually do all the hardware and the firmware um it just depends on you know how big the project is uh, how much if it's like a lot of firmware if it's a whole new project for firmware then we have software like dedicated software guys that do that Mm -hmm. um but like i mean a lot of receivers we take code that we've done for one um receiver and we kind of adapt that for other ones so that's like stuff that i can easily do no problem but if it's a whole new development then we let the dedicated software guys do that and they kind of build up that structure that then we can work off of and also add things for the projects we work on i guess right um uh, yeah i guess that's all i don't know if that answered your question yeah yeah i was just curious you know um couple things too i learned from uh horizon you know when you guys are getting these specific receivers now uh you know for specific planes i learned i had a uh radian xl that the receipt well it's my fault i put the wings together and chopped the antenna off and i kind of forgot about it andre was coming down to visit i'm like oh my gosh i, I was going to send it in and have it fixed and i forgot so i just needed to buy a new one so i'm searching all over the site looking for a radian xl receiver and i couldn't find one i was starting to panic so i call in and one of your tech guys goes no no you know they're not we don't have them on the website anymore for our planes you just have to call in and say what you need it for and then you guys program it for that specific 
uh, airplane and then they ship it out to you. So that was something new mm-hmm. that uh, I think you guys, I, I thought it was rather interesting. That's, yeah, I didn't know about that actually. That's yeah. interesting to me too. <laughs> yeah. You know, because at one time uh, they were just putting the receivers in the parts list. You could just go on there and pick that mm-hmm. receiver, and and now they're I haven't seen them on there, and I was like, oh my gosh, what do you mean? Wow, well, can so they it's not like plane specific? Yeah. They, they, so yeah, yeah, they just program it right up for you, which is kind of cool. What? So the Radian XL has a. <laughs> I assume it's a six thirty six then. It's a safe yes. receiver. Uh, yeah. So yes, I, yes. So I think the probably the reason they started doing that is because. The hardware is the same, but they mm-hmm. put different firmware with a different safe yes. profile Correct. for each one of those. Yep. And it probably wasn't ideal to have a separate receiver part number exactly. for each plane. It was probably easier to just have a bunch of 636s and just yes. configure them yeah. for it each make, individual plane right. once Ma- it's needed. Yeah, makes sense. I mean, you don't want, you know, 15 mm-hmm. uh, Radiant XL receivers just sitting there collecting dust. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. For sure. Do you have a question, Mike? But is that oh, something no. a customer can do, or is that something that that you guys, uh, Spectrum, is going to be holding on to and programming as per so, client need? Um. So I don't know if this was. I know we were. I'm going to try to like, you know, not say Understood. something that would get yeah. me fired. But, also, <laughs> but so, um, I believe we were. I don't know if they ever made it available or not, but we were working on an app that would let you preload the firmware for a specific uh, model that mm. included all the safe stuff. Right. Cool. That um, would be fantastic. I, I personally, I probably should, but I personally don't keep track of all the developments on the safe side of things. Mm-hmm. Cause that's kind of, that's one of the, one of the software guys that does that. One of the yeah. like dedicated software developer guys. Um, but I know we were doing that, and I don't know if it ever got released. I know we had some updates recently for the programmer um, for the receivers, so maybe it's in that. And I, I mean, I unfortunately that's not a question I can answer for you right now. I'd have to look at that as well. Yeah, but, no problem. I mean, I, I agree with you. Ideally, it'd be good for the yeah. user to just buy a receiver and mm-hmm. you know, yeah, tell it which plane you want to put on it and yeah. especially configuring especially with some of the revisions because we yeah. we've seen a couple of nice things like uh the sukhoi for example uh mm-hmm. which you know I, I have the early green one and it's fun to fly but then you sit there and you compare it to the updates to the blue one and the new programming and the firmware and, and the safe and everything in in that uh in the new receiver and it's a night and day difference to the airplane so i've got a friend who unfortunately wrapped one around a post and took the mm-hmm. receiver and dumped it into his green one and he was like i'm in love with this airplane again and i'm like that would be a neat oh, thing really? to try yeah because the difference into the modes the early one was right. was the early one was fantastic to see but it was interesting how quickly um yeah, progressed. you know through the programming the the evolution right. of what could be done all yeah. of a sudden Right. So it's right. like, you know, the plane doesn't jitter, it doesn't shake anymore. It's just it does what you want it to do, right? Yeah. And it's there to recover. Right. Sure. I, I think the yeah. other cool thing with that would be is, you know, if you're buying and selling used planes, you could take your receiver out and keep it. Because generally what I've been doing, if I'm selling a plane and it's got just some type together, of, I yeah, know. I keep the receiver in it and it goes, yeah, it specific and it goes, and I sell it with that plane. But what would be cool is you could configure take that it, out, configure you it. buy another Horizon plane or you're at a swap shop or whatever and then you could just take that receiver, mm-hmm. download that 
information for that plane and be ready to go. That would be fantastic. I think mm-hmm. personally, yeah. I agree. Uh, and I do that too. I've totaled planes with six thirty sixes. Yeah, I, you know, usually the electronics are fine. The frame yeah. gets destroyed, and you just put it in something new. Yeah, <laughs> right, I, right. I totally understand that. Yeah, hmm, that'd be something. Uh, now you said you do hardware layout. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. Now I know. You're, you're, yeah, you're so lives. confined in um, space there, and <laughs> receivers especially. Do you have to like limit where where components and stuff go to avoid interference? I mean, I'm just trying to think of design oh, yeah, aspects. Yeah, yeah. How so problematic it's that could be. Yeah, there's always the RF side of thing, uh, and then everything else. <laughs> I can only <laughs> imagine so, the nightmares. Yeah, that's you're all trying of a package. to keep everything. Yeah, uh, you try to keep everything as separated as possible from the RF stuff, make it as clean as possible. Uh, um, so yeah, that does make and stuff, uh, yeah. you can't. It's not just put everything wherever it fits and connect it. Yeah, it's that's not, see, that's how I, I went, my project was. was. I'm like, I got all the components yeah. there, and I got them all electrically <laughs> sounds. So yeah. I don't. I didn't have to worry about all that interference stuff per se. Oh yeah, for my small yeah, project. I mean, I but, was. That's how things were for me. Like before. Uh, before college and stuff like i would do some arduino stuff sure. like oh you just have the, to connect it just easy, connect the yeah. bars you know but yeah when you get in the real world the RF stuff, oh, man. a lot more complicated and, oh, yeah, i can you, appreciate you do that have to make uh, space for that you do have to there are certain rules you have to follow i bet to, uh keep things proper i guess in that hmm. area so you now you said you've been there for three years. Have you seen the shift in technology that that you know? Well, I mean, you're probably even seeing more than what we're privy to. Mm-hmm. But it's it it has been interesting to see how things are just getting well. I guess processor wise, faster, smaller, more complex. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, so when I got there, I mean, yeah. I mean, so. I'm trying to think of like what I can talk about. It. <laughs> oh, you can talk about anything. Yeah. It's fine. Nobody, yeah. nobody <laughs> listens to this show. Nobody listens to this show. Oh, it's just um, us. You know. <laughs> we have so one of the things that we have been doing recently is changing <clears throat> some of the microcontrollers we use and that sort of thing, and kind of moving to better stuff where we can fit more features and also, you know still maintain the stuff we did before i guess you know the basic stuff like you take the receiver data and output servo data (laughs) um but uh i guess one good example would be the power safe receivers those are a big change from what the previous uh, do do you guys fly any giant scale stuff or anything that uses power safe no no nothing well (laughs) i guess just just a quick like highlight those um before were just you know they just all they did was limit the current to the servos or just they just protect the servo and the receiver part mm-hmm. so like they're oh man i'm mixing things up here uh they're kind of two separate systems so that even if the servos brown out your receiver the the receiver itself was still protected that sort of thing the new ones have all the telemetry features added. You measure milliamp hours from all your batteries. That's all built in. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, you have like servo cutoff and everything so that your receiver can still be protected. You have um, each remote receiver, so your satellites, they each have an overcurrent cutoff. So if one of them gets a wire shorted, it doesn't take out your whole receiver. There's a lot of There's a lot of new things added to it. That also take extra features microcontroller wise. Um, it, it's just, yeah. 
we're upgrading microcontrollers and stuff. There have been changes to things, um, but obviously it's a, it's a slow and steady process because you can't just completely redo something. <laughs> right. Yeah. Be, yeah. You know, are compatible. Like you also want to maintain compatibility with what people already have. Right. Um, sorry about that. Oh, that's all right. Uh, <laughs> I can only imagine the learning curve you had in three years to learn all this stuff though. <laughs> oh, my oh yeah. Oh. Well, I mean, so actually uh. there are, so we're not all the engineers are hobby hobbyists. Like me, I, me and Andy or Andy and myself are the two. I think we're the only engineers that are also hobbyists on the side. Wow. I mean, that's the whole reason I came up here all the way from Texas. Yeah. Um, but so there's, I guess there's a learning curve, learning the technology that's already there. Existing, but there's yes. also for the guys that don't do the hobby, a learning curve, learning all the hobby terms and, yeah. you know, yeah. figuring out what the users want. And I mean, we still have, we have product developers that are supposed to guide the engineers to tell them what to do or what to make. And they give us specifications like it can't be this wide. It can't be this long. Well, sometimes we say, sorry, if you want this, you can't have it. <laughs> have that. Yeah. Um, there's limitations there that they don't market. realize. There's yes. A, right. There's a bigger learning curve. There's the hobby learning curve, and then there's the technical learning curve. And not um, only just getting up the pace to what's there, then you got to stay ahead right, of the right. games. <laughs> then you're trying right. to stay yeah, ahead. work off of what <laughs> oh, we've done or what the company has done previously. Um, so that, yeah, that was some of the learning curve for me, but a lot of it was also technical. Uh, being fresh out of college, there's sure. a lot for me to. Yeah. Um, hey, uh, one thing I wanted to mention real quick, I thought about earlier, but I got off track. You know, I've been through the the Spectrum Radio series. You know, you, everybody starts out with like five, and then the six, and then I had a seven. Then some of these were older, older radios, but you know, went to the eight, and finally went to the nine. Now I've been eyeing up the the twelve. But anyway, one, one thing. I want to say I got to give you guys props to, you know, I had the eight and, and it was a good radio at the time, everything. And Mike, Mike Coolen's here. He still flies with the generation eight. one and <laughs> went to the nine and like the interface on it was a hundred percent better and easier. And then you guys kept updating it a little bit more here and there in the last couple firm, you know, updates and everything. The radio itself has just gotten so better at being user friendly. I mean, it's unbelievable now how easy it is for like to grab a nine and, and program it and do different things that I, Mike's asked me questions to do something with his eight and I can't even get through an eight anymore to go back and go like, I don't even know how I used to do the programming on that. So I just got to give you guys some props that, yeah. you know, the, the new user interface that you guys are doing on your new radios or, or if you even have an older, you know, a nine or whatever and updating it, it is so much better and user friendly. It's unbelievable. I have the same experience when I when I go, especially at Flight Fest, when people come with a DX6i or something. I'm like, yes. oh man, I don't even know what's going on. Here. Yes, <laughs> you're like, I have one of those. <laughs> I, still, I still use. Oh when I started at Horizon, yeah, when I started, at, so before I was at Horizon That's in funny. school, we had some DX8s for um, for our lab, mm -hmm. and uh, and then when I went to Horizon, I got a DX9, and it was just a big change in. Yeah, you know, just like the whole, even like channel mapping and stuff, yeah. like stuff you couldn't do before assigning switches. I was yes, like, why couldn't you even do this before? But I a lot know. of that was like what we mentioned earlier: the DX8 and the DX9. A lot of people complain we don't update the DX8 anymore, but they're completely different microprocessors and yeah. the DX8. You know, like 
there's a point and it's kind of hard because users are always going to be upset but there's a point where you have to make a like an upgrade and you just can't keep maintaining both of them we don't have the resources or you know we don't sell like huge huge quantities to be able to support both there's a point where you have to move on and leave the rest behind and yeah but yeah that was that the dx9 um dx6 g2 and all that stuff that was that transition from the older gen right stuff like the dx and the dx6i um it was funny because i really I, need a new race yes. <laughs> yeah that's a good question okay here's a, here's a question for you miguel mike collins over here has the old eight that <laughs> i keep telling him just get rid of that thing and update but he I likes agree. the eight yes <laughs> What it's not even like it. It works, and I'm using it. (laughs) I know. It's getting me through. (laughs) What would you recommend? I mean, I I think the twelve that twelve might be a little much. You know, it's not. Yeah, but I don't want to be the same boat where I have it forever and then I lose. lose, All right, but Miguel, what radio would you recommend for Mike? Uh, what type of stuff does Mike do? Uh, I would love to have telemetry. Yeah, small. I don't even have that. Uh, you know, uh, small jets. Uh, we do a lot of like. I would uh, love to have a Vero meter. Yeah, Vero, yeah, that's one thing. We got radians and XLs, and I have a Mystique. And you know, I got I'm like, all, am I rising? I don't yeah. know. I'm good. Whatever. And I can't see it. No you know, I got the telemetry on there with a the Vero meter and the altitude oh, I love and everything. That feature. I love those features, and I don't uh, have. <laughs> The the crazy thing is too, I you know I upgraded to the nine. I was like, I'm never ever ever use nine channels. Well, it's I got quick, it. It amazes yes. me how quickly you fill them yes. up. Even my eight, it's like bam. Yeah. That meant too many models, or when you have to put them on cards. I, or I currently have an airplane. I'm using nine channels with. You know, uh, so. Mm-hmm. But generally, I think Mike and eight is pretty good for you channel wise, right? Or because I don't even think you've you, ever. I you know I, I you you mentioned there was a radio that's more affordable and up-to-date gen yeah i forget what it is it, now we saw it at the toledo show i right. can't remember they didn't even have the price of it available yet yeah but do you remember which it one was, was it was an eight but I can't, maybe that's what it was, was it 80 yeah i think it was yeah, yeah that sounds right yeah so but that, I, yeah so that one or sorry sorry i didn't mean to cut you off no go ahead go ahead um the ae is basically a step up for the 6e which are both kind of the more they're on the the more economic side as far as like screen radios with telemetry and all that, at least for like the new gen stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but you don't get things like, so you don't have the trainer port, which I mean, if you fly with people that use um, Spectrum, you don't even need it because it does have a wireless trainer in it. Uh-huh. Um, but you don't get, I think probably the biggest thing for me is compared to the DX8 G2 is you don't get a uh, voice telemetry. Which if you oh. if you want voice feedback and stuff like that, you're not the the AE doesn't have that. Oh, I didn't realize that. We want the lady voice, right? You I want know. her to talk to you. Actually, Mike. I like flying <laughs> quiet. So, other than the verometer, that's Mike, the only you're at maximum altitude. <laughs> That might distract you too much, Mike. I can see that already. You want to be listening to the lady and not looking. Yeah. I know. I'm just kidding. Uh, All right. Um, I think, um, if you do want, if you do want the the voice stuff, <laughs> then probably the DX8 G2 is good enough. If you don't need more channels, and if not, the nine is still pretty. I mean, like the nine's been around for a while, but it's still really solid. It, I'd How many say it's models does the eight G two right now? 
What's that? How many models does that hold? Well, most of them are unlimited with the, the with the card. I, I mean, I well, I have like I all mean, these internal. prototype models and everything. I never run out of models. <laughs> I don't even like. I think it's like two fifty five, but yeah. Wow. I mean, I'd be surprised. I mean, well, okay. I so I'm a pretty ca- casual hobbyist compared to some of you guys. I mean, you guys have like all these models in the background, and I have like two, and then you know, oh. some well, over there. But Andre's probably pushing <laughs> about two hundred right now. So <laughs> two fifty-five. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah you guys models. Know, right? no. <laughs> <It's> internal memory. <laughs> but I just went out of memory on my damn radio. Yes. Oh really? Yeah. Oh wow. That uh, is, that's uh, amazing. Uh, Miguel, I got a question for you. Uh, I don't know. Maybe you can you can't talk about, it, but I'm really curious to know if here coming up in the near future, if you guys are working on more uh, receivers with the telemetry integrated, you know, all in one. Because you know, right now, of course, my stuff's a little older too. I got have to buy the separate, you know, the was it the TM1000 module and everything. Yeah. And I, you know, yeah, looking yeah. at uh, Andre's a big. Um, our, uh, what's your radio, Andre? I can't think off. Tyrannus, yeah, the Tyrannus, and uh, yeah, and look at their, you know, a lot of their receivers are all integrated and everything. So, is it coming down the road? Are you guys, you know, looking to do more oh, of the integration? Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's kind of the plan going forward. I mean, when I so some background info for me when I was in college, I had a Turnigy Nine X mm-hmm. with a FR Sky module. Yep. That was kind of my, like, because before that, I had a DX5 from uh, RTF Corsair I had bought. Oh, yeah. Um, but when I was kind of getting back, you know, when I was starting to have more time in college, I was like, okay, well, I'm still in college. I can't really afford super yes. expensive stuff. And yep. that was kind of the option to get all the channels I needed because I also do FPV um, with head tracking a lot. So ah. just having that adds two channels yeah. at yeah. least that you um, but, oh man, I forgot where I was going with this. <laughs> um, we were talking yeah, about, sorry, well, we were talking about the, uh, integrated telemetry receivers. Right, right. Yeah. But so, yeah, so I was used to all that when I came into horizon, I was like, why, why do I need a separate module for telemetry right, and everything? Right. Um, but at that time they were already working. So we have that whole lineup of receivers that were released like uh two years ago now i think mm-hmm. um of all the integrated telemetry receivers and i th- i'm pretty sure that's the plan forward i mean i can't imagine wanting to release something that would require you to use the tm 1000 yeah um but obviously there's as there is with fr sky and other brands like there are still going to be receivers that don't have telemetry built in because you know, you have to have those lower cost receivers. Um, yeah, yeah. There's, yeah, you've got like example, like your flight test planes, right, and stuff mm-hmm. like this. There's stuff yeah. that just doesn't need all the bells and whistles. You're, yeah, you know, yeah. Like belly landers, but Combat then there's planes the, and all that. Yeah, I don't then, even know what my voltage is going to run out. I just need to hit somebody. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, and then you're flying around a six S jet, and you kind of like to know yeah. when you're getting a little too low. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, I, we, I've never we had these features. So I'm all, <laughs> this is all news to me. <laughs> but you know your battery um, life so, while you're flying? Are you kidding me? <laughs> all my batteries are perfect yeah, cylinders. Need, 
I mean, you don't. Yeah. Oh, Mike, we're always ragging on Mike. He has no telemetry. Uh, he, he just flies, so the plane quits flying. Most of his batteries are round. I, I fly to my eyes, start tearing up, and then I know it's been about a yeah. great amount of time. Because I don't uh, blink when I fly. Yeah. <laughs> I can hold them open for about four minutes. <laughs> they start burning. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's pretty much how it was for me. Just wait till the motor starts pulsing yeah. and the uh, time to yeah. land. Yeah. 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 I didn't even yeah, know that yeah, was a clue until we'll have this more. past Memorial Day with Andre. I'm like, oh, you mean when it pulsates, it's time to come down? <laughs> <laughs> you just hit LVC, Mike. It's time to land that thing. Don't wait till the motor shuts off. Uh, yeah. Close this door real quick. Uh, that's funny. Needless to say, I bought some new batteries recently. Yeah. <laughs> right. uh, so, uh, so here's here's a model line question. We we actually had this discussion a few weeks ago. Um, when do you think radios are just going to get to the point that there won't be a six, eight, nine, oh, ten, yeah. twelve channel style radio? It'll just be look here here here's what it is. You know? X X yeah. channels. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. I think that's a little difficult because I mean, so when I started at Horizon, I was like, "Oh, we have so many radios!" Mm-hmm. Like, oh, oh, I guess he just broke in through the door. Um, <laughs> Good dog. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's uh, he's got a lot of energy right now. Um, th- I, there's a lot of rain- radios, but at, at the same time, there are a lot of people that um, that don't want to spend too much money getting into the hobby, or mm-hmm. they want, you know, they kind of want to try something first see if it's good for them and as they you know as their models start getting higher channel requirements then you make step that up. step forward but you can't make a radio that has all the channels and all the switches without having an economic alternative yeah. as well so that's kind of the reason why there is all these steps that we have to different channel count radios and that sort of thing mm-hmm. I got a question too. We were talking about radios and channels. How do you guys come up with when you bring a new radio out, like channel wise? Like you have an eight, and then, you know, why not when you brought out the nine? Why wasn't it a 10? Why was it a nine? Or you brought out the new IX12. Why was it a 12 and not a 14? How do you come up with that, the, the number like that? I, uh, Honestly, I don't, I have no idea. (laughs) So we have, so we have the product developers that are a lot more familiar with the different markets and Uh that sort of thing. Trying Um, to see what the customers are controlling. I can give you kind of a guess. Yeah. For the iX12, it's obviously a high end radio. Sure. But it's also not really reaching towards the DX18 and that sort of thing as far. Like, you know, it's the first smart radio. Um, You kind of want to go for like an in-between something that's high-end mm-hmm. but not you know bank killer yeah. either right um but but yeah the the product developers have kind of a better idea of all the different markets or all the you know mm-hmm. different customer types and stuff i just know about what i do and nothing yeah, yeah. else <laughs> yeah I, I know i'm pre- i'm pressing the issue i was just curious maybe you had not you know because you know you work there and maybe some of these same questions sure. you had and you were like hey guys why right, yeah. you know i couldn't figure out they had the eight and then why the nine I'm Jump, like, why yeah. just make it the ten or you know so i was just curious yeah i i well so the nine was also before i started there mm-hmm. um i think it was actually there two years or that it was released two years one year before i started there Gotcha. Or at least that's when the design started. 
Um, Man, I can't believe. But yeah, I'm not. The, the, the nine seemed like a really odd number to me because I yeah. was used to like six, eight, right, 10, right, twelve, that yes. sort of thing. Yep, exactly. Um, I personally, I have <clears throat> no idea why it's a nine, but works huh. for me. There must be like some some type of category where that extra channel was needed a lot uh-huh. by people, and that's why they did it that way. What, yeah. what does the price point on the iX12 again? I know I looked at it a while ago, but it's uh, really it's really enticing me lately. Oh, so, really? Yeah. yeah uh, so. Five ninety nine without the receiver. Five ninety nine. So you got to wait to have a sale or, or uh, get a discount. Yeah. I yeah. think we had. I don't. I don't know if we had an iX12 sale. We had a. I know we had a sale for radios not too well, long the, ago. Yeah, but, I, but the I know the iX12 was out of stock for a while, and you just got them back in, so they must be selling yep. like hotcakes over there. Oh yeah, that first the the first batch. I don't think we were expecting it, but it sold out real quick. Right, right. Um, I think the marketing team definitely did a really good job. I think part of uh, what helped a lot was like, we've we ha- we already had designed it, and we kept finding out new things we could do with it uh, um, as we kind of went along. Mm-hmm. Like all the things with different apps and. Uh, 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 the telemetry voice, like setting your custom messages and stuff, that's awesome. That's that was like, great. About it. And, you know, some people at work, they put all this, like, you know, they put really random messages and, or, you know, I've seen videos of people putting, like, dirty things. Oh, yeah. <laughs> now, now you, you can't tell me that the guys working there haven't stole somebody's radio and put some custom uh, messages in there. That's got to happen. Uh, it's uh, probably voices or something. <laughs> That has to happen. Yeah, I don't think anyone like passcode locks their radio. <laughs> yes. <laughs> hey, exactly. We've definitely done some pranks on like people's computers and stuff like, you know. Yeah. Just taking a screenshot of their background and oh, that's hilarious. the icons and putting that as a wallpaper. Oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> Um, okay, I got a question. Uh, uh, you could probably uh, answer engineers on. can play oh, the yeah. best jokes. No, I'm <laughs> thinking of a few in our lab that we discussed. I uh, think product developers with uh, with questionable firmware sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, on a on a regular general radio, let's just say like the DX9, or even mm-hmm. we could say the new uh, IX12. What is the general range as far as you know the 2.4 now i've heard through the grapevine that it's usually somewhere around a mile or so and part of the other part of that question is it, can you guys literally do you is there some kind of standard you have to set for the range or or technically could you make that go a long ways but you know obviously you don't but and does environment affect yeah it? Like hot wet hot wet weather cold weather i don't know there's so many variables so, in the environment yeah so we i mean we basically set the highest limit we can compliance wise most of the time mm-hmm. the x9 and the ix12 are the same rf module so you should get the same range with both of them okay um, a lot of it really is um setup dependent and so for most people until fpv was a thing for most people it's just like you could fly this until yeah. you can't see it anymore right Right. Um, but now with FPV, people break line of sight all the time. Yep. Like, you know, they fly further than they would be able to with the uh, line of sight. Um, but yeah, I know when I got into the hobby and I started with Horizon stuff, it was all the rule was always if you can if you can't tell the orientation anymore in the air, that's the limit. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. 
it's usually fine enough, but obviously some people um, set up their, like when it's not a bind and fly plane or something and you're doing your own setup, there are things you can do wrong to make your range worse than what you can see line of sight. Like, um, and you know, it happens with everyone from yes. like you new people to like high end mm-hmm. jet guys. Like I've seen, I've seen some bad stuff. Right. Um, I've seen like receivers with, uh, antennas taped to carbon fiber. Oh my plates, gosh. Which is a very, very big no, no. Yes. Um, people, uh, and that's kind of what like having the whole remote receiver thing helps with. You might have some receivers in bad spots, but others in really good ones. But yeah, I think the worst I've seen is like a fifteen thousand dollar jet with antennas taped to carbon fiber. Oh my gosh! But, wow, wow. But yeah. Um, <laughs> oh man. <laughs> fortunately, the remote receivers were not on the carbon fiber, so that that was good. <sighs> Um, but yeah, the range, so as, as far as like the actual range, mm-hmm. um, we measure up to about a mile on the ground. Mm-hmm. And so obviously your, your range closer to the ground is less than if yes. you're in the air. Yep. It depends on whether you're pointing the antenna to it or you have it perpendicular. Like mm-hmm. there are a lot of factors that come into play for max range. And if you go behind an obstacle, the material that, you know, yes. yep. you're shooting uh, through yeah. Yeah. aluminum warehouse versus mm-hmm. i don't i mean i guess like a wooden barn or something are going to be very different yeah, hey, um, so, yeah. go ahead andre so say do you guys actually have a test range or you just do real world conditions or do you have you know I mean, do you have a test so chamber have, at work we have test chambers that we do kind of consistent sensitivity tests um but we also do like you know the test in the chamber doesn't matter if the real world test doesn't yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. reflect the results. So we also have, um, I don't, I'm not in charge of the test. We have guys that are in charge of testing things specifically before they go to beta testers, but we have, um, specific locations that are used for <laughs> testing. And, um, a lot of times we test against a standard, like a known good receiver and compare ranges and that sort of thing. Um, and we have like specific ranges that are known to be consistent in that general area. And it's usually like away from the city and stuff like low noise environments and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So cool. that there's not some factor that we didn't take into account. That could yeah. Is temperature, is temperature pretty so much fun. negligible? Would you guess? Um, it doesn't as as have a big effect. I wouldn't. Um, one thing, one thing that does have, an effect is humidity mm, and that's that. mostly due to static so like uh, in the desert you get a lot more static yeah and uh somewhere where it's more humid i guess mm. um and that sometimes causes not not necessarily less range but you know some esd strike that could reset your receiver or something mm-hmm. but we do use um esd protection on a lot of the receivers to help prevent that but Sometimes you can only do so much, especially if you get a very big zap. (laughs) (laughs) Here's a question. Environmental. Michael triggered something from our last time when we had uh, Frank on talking about his I-12 experience. How is the uh, touch sensitivity in the cold? On like the IX-12? Yeah. Yeah. Um, You know, I don't. 
I don't know how to answer that because I personally like hibernate in the winter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> um, I I think that it was probably something more handled by the beta test team, and I, I yeah, I don't think I have too many details on. Okay, how that should affect it. it should be fine, but yeah, because you know. It's just your plan yeah, to touch base with Frank trap. before I make the purchase, right. too, no. just to see. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I we did release uh, IX-12 in December, so I'm sure a lot of people were testing in the cold at that oh, yeah. time. Yeah, Except oh, yeah. the Florida guys. They get all the best weather. In- yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Now, uh, Miguel, have you noticed in the last few years, have you guys been um, testing different type of uh, antennas going in, like, for instance, the IX-12 before it come out? Yeah. Yes, have you n- noticed anything that you guys have found that uh, works better? You know, I'm just thinking because of FPV, you know, they're going to all kinds right. of different antennas. When for did a they go range. away from the bending one to the? I don't know, but I'm glad they quit <laughs> doing that because so, every, every bendy yeah. antenna I have on my <laughs> old spectrum is broke. Yeah, <laughs> I know. So, yeah, the bendy antenna was before my time when yeah. I got there. They had already transitioned away from that, and yep. specifically for the reasons you mentioned, where. They just kept breaking off and mm-hmm. you know, people had to replace them and stuff. Yeah. Um, I think the antenna thing. So I know some FPV guys take the antenna off and put their own. Uh, the thing is, like, and they keep saying, why don't we have a modular connector that we can put it on? Mm-hmm. And that's because it's not compliant anymore. If we oh. put, like, we can't. You can't make it so that users can replace the antenna from a compliance standpoint. Gotcha. Oh, makes sense. So I don't know if you guys are familiar, if you do FPV stuff, if you're familiar with like RPSMA connectors. Mm -hmm. And um, someone had told me that the reason those became a thing was it was a unique connector when it was developed that users couldn't just take any antenna and put it on. It was specific for the manufacturer be able to put their own antenna <laughs> and obviously now there are yeah. adapters and everything so yes. users can yes put yeah. antennas on those <laughs> oh that's funny wow mm-hmm. um but yeah so modular antennas i don't i haven't been involved in too many like different antenna tests obviously mm-hmm. we use what we think is right for the general for like the majority of the consumers and fpv is a little difficult to um I guess kind of do things specific towards them that don't suit the rest of the market as well. Um, but we do try to pick something that works for everyone right. at least as most as possible. Yeah. Uh, folks for anybody out there listening live too, we don't have Miguel on for too much longer. We've kept him on here for almost an hour already, but oh, it's been fantastic. Love talking to you. So if you've got any questions, shoot them out here. Uh, now on Facebook Live, and we'll, we'll get them answered for you. But one of my uh, things I always ask our guests, uh, what are some of the favorite things that you are flying I was gonna today? Answer. And wrecks, too. Yes, and if you got any cool wrecks, we want to hear about lighten it. lighten it up a little here. Uh, so I guess that was a question there for me. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what do you I fly? built, so my first giant scale and first gas plane was last year and it was uh extra 300x from hangar nine wow uh, nice. haven't wrecked it yet sorry nice. for you guys but i'm happy about that <laughs> yeah no kidding <laughs> um so that's kind of the main thing i've been flying lately just because it's it's a completely different feel from uh park flying like before before i worked at horizon i never i wasn't a member of a club or anything i always went to parks with friends and mm-hmm. just 
you know, bash your planes, yeah, like right. you know, chase each other, FPV, crash yeah. into each other, yep. whatever. This is a completely new thing. Like just the sound of hearing the plane fly by and everything is amazing. You had um, to be, you had to be nervous flying that first few oh, times. Yeah. I oh had my the gosh! Fingers. <laughs> <laughs> Holy a lot cow! Of expo on that. <laughs> wow. Um, but I had, but I mean, so when I when I planned on, you know, I I told myself I want a gas plane. I want to get into this part of the hobby. Mm-hmm. Um. And I, I wanted to do something small at first, you know, something yeah. simple, small, right. see to transport. And so I was talking to one of the guys at work about it. And he was like, I was like, I was thinking of getting you this instead of giant skill. And he's like, why? <laughs> so, oh, well, okay. I guess I'll get a giant scale. Wow. And, and I mean, I do have like, you know, obviously all the guys at work that are experts in that field mm-hmm. to yeah. walk me through things. Oh, yeah. you know? I help them with receiver stuff all the time. Uh-huh. I, I'm sure they can spare some time for me. Right. Um, and I did get a lot of help and it was, didn't have any issues with the maiden or anything. It was very easy, but like I would have went with I, a cub, <laughs> you know, you went all out, went right to, I wouldn't have went with oh, a yeah, cub, but I, I didn't yeah. know what you're going. <laughs> yeah. It's easy. a lot of money too. And yeah. I wanted to, yes. you know, like I think a 3d plane is kind of a jack of all trades other mm-hmm. than like, you know, fancy warbird planes that look really nice in the air. This just, you can fly it smoothly with low rates. You can fly it 3d with high rates. It, and I, I didn't want to buy a bunch of planes, so I just figured that was yeah. the one in all or whatever, all in one as far as a giant scale plane. So is it a 3D um, thing? Is it is it interesting to you? Is it something you're looking to further down the road? or? Yeah, so so I have a visionary there. I've the seen back, that. Yep. First, uh, yep. 3D plane, but I, had, I, I did know how to fly 3D a little bit, not like my perspective thing is still kind of, uh, difficult when I'm rolling and stuff. Mm-hmm. I can't, I can't do like loops while rolling or any of that. Oh, that's, gotcha. Yeah, that's still very intense stuff. But I can hover a little bit. Uh-huh. I can do flat spins. I can fly inverted and that sort of thing. But but nothing nothing crazy. Especially like when you have all our sponsored pilots and the guys. Oh, yeah. you see that at work. You're feel like, like crap when you're flying. Next it's like, quite humbling, what am isn't I even it? Doing? Yeah. <laughs> yes. I know it's, it's uh, but but yeah, that's probably they the make, most exciting thing I'm flying right now. They make it look like I'm flying with like my toes. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I know what, and they do make it look really easy. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely doesn't doesn't boost your confidence. No, no not at all. Um, yeah. But they do help you out and everything. So that that part at least is very nice. It's nice to have all yes, that yeah. support and help. Um, I see the Optera in the background. Now, is that something, one of your favorite things for as far as flying FPV or what, or is there anything else yeah, FPV? That's, that's one of them. Yeah. I, so that's the one I crashed. I have it on the box there. The, the glue is drying. Ah. <laughs> uh, that's uh, yeah, I definitely enjoy that a lot. So before, before horizon, I also had a, a Zephyr two. Yep. I don't know if mm-hmm. you guys are familiar oh, with yeah. these, but that was like, yep. that was my first real big FPV rig. And the the problem I had with those or that one in particular, I'm not very good at launching them, and those oh, are heavy. Yeah, they're yeah. hard to get in the air smoothly. You have to have a really good launch um, to get that airspeed, I guess. Um, I was really surprised. I didn't get an Optera when we released it, mm-hmm. but I saw a guy at work flying it, and he would just fly it so slowly, and yeah. it seemed so light in the air. And I was like, yeah. wow, I got one. It's so much easier to launch. I mean. Yeah. You get the wing, the big wing experience without yep. the troubles of launching yep. it. So, I do like that one a lot. Um, I also what, what have, broke and uh, what was the crash? 
Yeah, you gotta talk about the crash because I watched the video and it was really kind of interesting. I didn't get to see that, but if you could explain it to our listeners. Around at uh, Eli Field, and I don't know if you guys knew we had RC Fest about uh, about a month ago, three weeks ago. Mm -hmm. Um, And so there is this little table with banners set up between the hangar and the the little pavilion we have there, and I forgot about it. I wasn't used to that being there. And so I was flying FPV behind the flight line area. There was no one there. It was totally safe. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I was flying behind it, and then my plane just 360s out of nowhere. Like, I didn't even see it come up on the FPV footage. It just did a 360, and I was on the ground, and I was like, crap. What happened? <laughs> and, uh, and it took a chunk. Um, I mean, the repair looks pretty good, so I don't know if I could. Uh, you can see that. Um, but, yeah, it took a chunk out of the wing. No electronics broke or anything, fortunately. Um, so I just, I just glued the pieces of foam that I could uh-huh. find in there. Yep. And, uh, usually when I have foam damage like that, I use gorilla glue mm-hmm. and a decent bit of water and kind of just, yep. I cover it with tape and that just fills in the gap really nicely Yep. Yep. while still, being, uh, not dense. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Did that to my radiant after someone took a bite out of it. <laughs> <laughs> Light fest is a little gnarly sometimes. Oh yeah. Yeah. So at Flight Fest in 2017, I actually had a, or no, uh, yeah, 2017, I had, no, it was 2016 actually. Okay. I had a radio there and I met Tim from Get FPV. Mm, yeah. And I, I, he wanted to fly a plane. So I was like, oh, I'll let you fly my radian. Uh, and if you crash it, you know, just give me a set of motors or something for my quad. Uh-huh. And he was like, oh, yeah, sure. I didn't think you, <laughs> and sure enough, he flies into the sun. And he couldn't oh. see it and just went straight down and crashed it up. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> well, I get some motors at least. And then, <laughs> turn, like, I mean, there's all the vendors at Flight Fest. I bought servo. It broke one of the servos and just kind of glued it back up, and I was good to go. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, that's wow. hilarious. That's a great oh, yeah. story. Wow. Seeing your profile picture, I, I want another Radiant now. Oh, I gave that, that one. I gave that one away, but I want another one now. Well, if you're at Flight Fest this year, come out. We'll, uh, every year, it's we do. We get a boat. Yep. Well, I don't know. It, we, we, we ruined a really good thing. Like flying radians with your friends is awesome, but mm-hmm. when you throw up 30, 40 of them, it gets yeah. a little it's intense. It's a little intense. I enjoy it. <laughs> yeah. Way intense. <laughs> I don't, other yeah. people don't scare me much. Yeah. I, don't, I don't have that fear. <laughs> Maybe it's because I'm the one doing the hit, and I don't know. Uh, you guys just go to the Ohio one, or are you planning on going to the other ones as well? Uh, I'll most likely be at the Texas one. That's the one I'm planning on going to because that's where all my old oh, yeah. FPV buddies are yeah. at. Yeah, there so, you go. So yeah, I'm definitely planning on making it out to the Texas one if I can't get if I can't get off work to go. So like engineers don't travel. We don't travel. Mm-hmm. We just stay at the office <laughs> and you know design. That's cool. Yeah, that's terrible. But 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 you're in a controlled environment, air conditioned. No, I like, love it. It's no, ideal. No, you it you don't realize how no. awesome it is to have controlled no. seventy degree. No. You look every at the day. same rules every day. I love the lab. I'm not leaving the lab. <laughs> you can have your hot sun oh. and your unpredictable yeah. weather. Yeah, uh. but I do feel like Flight Fest is probably one of those more relatable um, events for me. It, like not being a more casual hobbyist. Yeah. Um, and my boss has let me go out without using vacation time. Or oh, nice. As, depending on what I'm working on at the time, like deadlines mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. If it's not bad, then – and I – don't have to leave like the whole week if i can leave like wednesday or thursday he'll be okay with it but it just depends on the time but i am planning on going to texas whether he sweet 
like it'll either be I go on Wednesday with the Horizon truck or oh, I just wow. fly over for the weekend. Yeah. But, but we'd like to see you here in Ohio, over. that's for sure. I don't I don't think you're not I'm gonna only, make that one. I yeah, I'm not I, I just wanna save Committed all my good Texas. grace for the uh, <laughs> yeah. Texas. Texas, yeah. yeah. <laughs> It'll be an interesting one, but uh, yeah, because mm-hmm. Ohio is what like two, three two weeks, weeks ago. It was yeah. week yep, yep. Yeah, yeah. I, I got some planning to do. How long oh, yeah. was it for, for you to planes ready and everything for you to drive to Ohio one now? What, what was yeah, the drive time? I think time? it's like six hours. Yeah, that's for me. Right. Oh, it's nothing. Yeah. <laughs> when, I, when I left Texas, I was so surprised how how short the drive is going through each state. It took me longer to leave Texas uh-huh. than to drive through each state. Getting <laughs> like that in Ontario, yeah. 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 <laughs> it's crazy. Driving uh, and driving, yes. Mm-hmm. Well, this has been fantastic. Mike, you had any other questions or anything? Mm-hmm. Andre, anything? Nope. I'm good. Was there any Facebook questions? Uh, nothing major no. that I've seen, surprisingly, because usually we get a bunch of questions, but maybe I answered them all. Cause I, I didn't even log into Facebook, oh. so I didn't wasn't able to follow. Uh, Maybe people aren't used to it being at this time. <laughs> well, that that is true. Generally, we are in the morning, so uh, it, it was a change. So um, I'm sure we'll probably be getting a lot of replays off of the video. But um, I got to say, this has been good. Uh, I'm always, you know, I'm not the really in the technical side of everything in the RC. So it's I love talking to you, you know, engineer people that you know are real into that and got all the little you know, details and why we do this and why we do that. Cause there's, I always have questions on things and I'm like, why don't they ever do this or make that? But you know, you, you answer those and, and, uh, I'm glad I was able to, yeah, a lot of our fans, everything, they, they appreciate that and like the insight of what you guys give us behind the scenes. And, and I think too, they always, you know, appreciate more. They, it, you know, why you do and what you do and you know the radios and everything you know a lot of people say ah the spectrum mm-hmm. radios it's, are so expensive and blah 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 well, it's good that he enjoys the hobby too because yes. as an engineer they, yeah. to be, be able to utilize I, the yeah, product it gives you, an it gives you, like, you know gives you a huge yes. advantage i yep. think yep. in helping people i agree so it's miguel product. thank you we appreciate you coming on and hanging out with us here at rc after hours and you're more than welcome anytime you want to come back on or if you got some new technology you want to spill the beans yeah uh we'll just skip over andy and we'll have you right back on you know since nobody listens to the show we can (laughs) we can talk about it no just kidding so no seriously it was good good yeah good to hear from you yeah Uh, good good talking to you Miguel. we appreciate it i was really glad to be here Glad I could answer everything. Glad I could stay talking the whole time. I'm not usually a super social person, so... And when engineer, I talk about not social. Stuff, what? Really, <laughs> How's that possible? It's easy. It's easy when I'm talking about stuff that I actually do in my free time. So. Yeah. Yep. Hobbies I, are easy to talk yes, about. Yes, I totally agree. It so. was funny. They showed God making engineers, and he had like a cup full of math. They poured in the bucket, and I think I forget like a cup. But then when it came to social, it was like <laughs> social abilities. It was like not, he goes, "Oops!" and knocks the cup over. <laughs> I didn't even get it into the into um, the bowl. <laughs> Uh, it's pretty funny (laughs) no that was good that was that was really good i enjoyed that so all right miguel thanks a lot i know we've kept you probably longer than you thought but uh we appreciate it and uh we will talk to you again soon sounds good all right thank you take care there you go everybody that's miguel from uh horizon hobby and let me see if i can there we go uh 
What do you think, Mike? That was interesting. That was really good. Yeah, I like that. You know, technical behind the scenes type. You know, stuff like that. So uh, sounds like some good things coming coming down the way too. That yeah, you want to share. We did. It's funny how we can. We can go directions, and they're like, "Well, we can't say exactly yeah. what we're doing I, there." I kind of wanted to yeah. ask him a little bit. Um, but that means you're asking the right question. Well, though, I think it, it really, <laughs> the, the couple questions I had really probably weren't in his department, or he couldn't answer them. But one thing I was, I'm really curious to know: really, why are the the regular Horizon receivers so expensive, though? Oh yeah, when everybody else is way cheaper, you can actually go. You know, I, yeah, you that's something you would have loved. Yeah, asked, I'm but sure. I, that's not really in his. He, he's that's, just yeah, yeah. his own. Uh, yep. But I I would love to see him just bring the technology, what they're doing, and just just make it a little bit more affordable. on the receiver side, yes. especially the transmitter. The radios, it seems yeah. like they're, they're reasonable. I'll, yeah. I'll pay the money for you know I've never had any problems uh, with that. But receiver wise, yeah, I agree wholeheartedly. When you look at the competitive competition, I mean, I got that new receiver for the XL, and I think it was with shipping and everything was eighty four dollars, and I'm like, oh yes, yeah, no kidding, eighty four dollars. Half the price of an XRH, yeah, or eight X X eight R, yeah, like the ones I run, the the big ones I run on right. all the uh, the big ships, right? All yes. these guys, right? Exactly. So I was just like, man, kind of like, oh, eighty four dollars, shoot me now. Yeah. And I guess technically yeah. it's just a big glider. Probably you know could have put something else in there. I don't know, but I just panicked. Yeah, but you wanted to save in that aircraft because that you know for the yeah. FPV, you really yes. it 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 really did the job nicely yeah so, so. but whatever um so are you gonna so the next question that on that receiver the other one are you gonna send it in and see if they can reprogram it for something else um that's a good question mm. that's a good question yeah. yeah i don't know yeah so why would i don't know i lost you on why you need to you have an extra receiver right well now, now i have the Wait. one with the broken antenna oh and you so can get that repair yeah. and reconfigured exactly. for another plane exactly i have a spare maybe. receiver yeah, exactly. Mm, that's a good idea. Mm-hmm. So when he mentioned the, there is an app. There is an app, but I, I don't know. If, yeah, I don't. The CI. I didn't know if you could program in different models, or you could just make tweaks to your existing model, right? So that that's something. Well, you could play around with that receiver, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, one question here it says uh, Rob Blake want to know. I'm in the market for a new receiver to. Re- oh, he must have meant radio. To replace mm-hmm. my DX6i, what do you recommend? Well, Rob, my like the man said, the nine. Yeah, uh, I I always try to tell everybody go for the like. If you say you're never going to use more than eight channels or whatever, go for the nine. Or if you can afford the twelve, yeah. go for that. Always try to upgrade and go for the biggest, baddest thing you can absolutely afford because down the road you you're don't realize use it. how quickly yes. you go through when you yeah. progress in this hobby. Yeah. So Rob, I would at in. the very minimum, I would go with the nine. the new nine. But honestly, if if you think you're really into the hobby and you're going to stay into it, and you you know you want a radio, invest into it. Yeah, go with the iX12 because it's something that they can update constantly. They, you know, the way that radio is yeah. built, the firmware and yeah. everything. I think it's a radio you could have for a long time down the road. So if you could afford it, I would just go right to the iX12 personally. But if not, I at least go for the nine. Yeah, it is. What's the price point? Minimum on minimum is a generation two e- eight, not that new eight E like you said. Yeah. Missing no voice protocol, so it's, right. I didn't realize. Either. I didn't know that either. I didn't know it. Didn't yeah. have voice. Um, yeah, I would definitely at least What's go the nine? for the nine. 
Because I know the iX12 you said was five ninety nine. Yeah, I can't remember off the top of my head. But you're saving quite a bit if you go to the nine. Probably Probably. like two hundred. Probably. Oh, at least yeah, I would say. Um, I want to get into (laughs) FBV quads. Will it be compatible? Yes, absolutely. You won't have any problems with the nine running. I got all kinds of FPV quads. Uh, And the cool thing is, Rob, if you fly any the um, the Horizon quads like the Torrent. Uh, or anything, yeah. or, or I have the uh, what's this one? I forget the um, anyway, uh, the telemetry and everything is all built right in, and you can change all your settings and everything right from your radio, so yeah, no problem there. Uh, let's see, what do we want to jump into now, real quick? Um, 490 for the nine, yeah, 450, 450. Sorry. 450. That's not. That's not bad. Um, I think real quick, Andre, I wanted to jump in a little bit. We never really talked much since we've been off the air for probably a month about uh, our last day flying. (laughs) But real quick, I just wanted to share a few things. Um, Adam Drain. Can you open? Yeah, you want the door open? It's getting hot in here, isn't it? I know. Sorry. Hang on. Open the door and we'll probably get attacked by dogs. Oh, no dogs. Shh. Don't talk too loud. No. Um. Adam Drain and oh my gosh, who's the other guy? Andre, I'm losing Luis. my mind. No, 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 not for the trip. They're little challenges they're doing. He wanted me to mention it, and they were going to try oh. to get a bunch of people in in with it. Uh, uh it's slipping me. Adam, if you're still on, help me out. Um, anyway, Adam Drain and our other buddy, I, I just can't think of his name. I'm drawing a blank. They're doing a little competition here, and they were wanting me to mention it, and I don't know if they've actually started it yet, but they were even going to see if they could get more people into it. But what they were going to do is do a weight loss challenge. Joshua Ash. Thank you, Adam. Thank you. I'm so, out. Sorry. So, so, <laughs> Where's the donuts? Yeah. <laughs> I'll eat them all. I'll eat one for Sorry, Josh. Uh, I was drawing a blank. But Adam Drain and Joshua Ash are doing a weight this loss program. This is a program, horrible idea. No, wait. Listen. <laughs> I can already test they were trying. They were trying to get more people involved. And what yeah, they were doing. Well, who is it? I mean, hello, Weight Watchers. <laughs> so they were going to go for, I don't know if it was. How long was it going to go for, uh, Adam? Two this, months, three months, or whatever? Should we do on like how many beers can you drink and still fly or something a little more fun? Well, you would win. You're just looking at competition you can win. Like that's not fair to the rest of us. Not at all. Yeah, you blow us right out of the water. I would not. Yeah, put your radiant up at uh, 400 feet. Yeah, Yeah. I can think of a lot better competitions. (laughs) I'm just teasing. Go ahead with this. I'll let you finish. Anyway, they're doing a competition so you can uh, lose uh, the most weight at a you know certain point and after whatever. The you know uh, till September till be just met till September, whoever loses the most weight, the other person has to buy them a B seventeen RC airplane. Nice. So, jump in there. See, come on, Mike. I think you could do it. Will you be like Rocky? I'll get you on my spare bike. We'll bike your bike for two. Yes. <laughs> I'll make you pedal me up the hill. No, it's the other way around. The bicycle built for two. You pedal up, I pedal down. Yeah, most weight loss by percentage wins. So, we have to keep. We're gonna have to keep tabs on this. Yeah, I'll just buy my own and call it a day. (laughs) (laughs) That's a conversation I'm not gonna win. (laughs) Oh, you're terrible. Oh, they have to hand deliver it. Oh, there you go. 
So that's just a friendly competition going. We're just going to have to keep an eye on see what happens with it. Uh, the next thing I wanted to just mention real quick, uh, David Vindenstoel is trying to get over here for Flight Fest, and they actually have Are a- Are you kidding me? No. You're uh, kidding me. No, seriously. But uh, he has a, Go, a GoFundMe, and Andrea will post the link up here on the Facebook page. Uh, and, he probably has one condition that I don't bug his butt. <laughs> <laughs> he gets here. Yeah. Well, if so, you're the bigger donator, I think you get. I, I get the right. You get the right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Biggest donator. Uh, that's awesome. So there is a GoFundMe, uh, GoFundMe.com slash RC Explorer uh, to get David over here for Flight Fest. So if you want to help him out and try to get him over here. Is uh, that you just give like, a credit card on there? You can, yeah. Easy? Just punch. Give me your Discover card right now. What What do you want to put in there? Two, three, four, five. What do you want? Come on, don't do that. <laughs> I mean, me. David's expensive here. You know, it's David well, how much is a for crying out loud. Well, you're just no. You don't have to buy him a ticket. You're just helping him get over here. So what so do you, you say? Five hundred, six hundred. Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> no, not that. Did you hear much. that, David? I he mean, said no. On. No. <laughs> no. I'm gladly give twenty now okay, on the spot right, if you right, want, but right. I don't know. So anyway, I didn't purchase it over a hundred by the wife. You know? Oh yeah, I can I'm just see that. Leash. What's this four hundred dollar on your Discovery <laughs> card? Oh, for a David Vinstone? What? What are you doing? You batting for the other team now, Mike? What's going on here? So if you want to help, no, I just want to be able to bug it when he gets here. All kinds of questions to help. Um, the other thing too I wanted to mention is, man, I'm losing my notes here. They're on the wrong page. Um, David Vindestel also has a Kickstarter out for a new razor blade knife. That. Yes. That is just amazing. Go check it out. But it doesn't open <laughs> Um Yeah, so we'll throw a link up on, on for that. But it's a Kickstarter. It's an amazing, uh, they want to call it kind of like a maker knife. And it's really cool. Um, so go check that out. We'll throw the link up there and help David out and see if they can get that thing out there. Or not. <laughs> Um, so check it out. And the cool thing, the crazy thing was I was showing to a bunch of people at work because it's kind of right up their alley. And I have to, I have to say this cause it was kind of a joke in their video. They kept saying it does this and it does this and this, but no bottle opener. Every guy I talked to said, I'm not buying it because it doesn't have a bottle opener. <laughs> I couldn't, I'm like, well, maybe I got to go talk to Vincent and say, I think you better put a bottle opener on there. Or try a new slogan that they don't realize. Yeah. It. <laughs> so I just had to laugh at that. Well, I mentioned it earlier when you didn't hear me. I didn't hear you. Uh, but I think that's about it. I thought you just used your teeth if you're a real, real man. Uh, not me. Mine are all fake. They'll come out. <laughs> you just pop the bottom with your two yeah. front teeth. Nope, not me. Uh, as far as flying, there's really nothing new out. It's been pretty quiet lately. Uh, Andre posted on our Facebook page about the new... Um, hanger not this thing is ridiculous, Mike. Yeah, let me see. Hey, Mike, 116 inch cub. Yeah, let me see if I can pull oh it my. up here real quick. You guys with no, with, US, with no, so that's what 10 million Canadian now with no left aileron. <laughs> no, <laughs> no left aileron. <laughs> <laughs> license, license replica of a thoroughly modern Cub Crafters X Cub. Expertly, it's not yellow. Oh yeah, my I gosh! Know. There's a little dude inside of it. 
I can't see it because of the shadow in the picture. Two-piece plug-in wings, airfoil-shaped wing struts. With I mean, it's a beautiful-looking plane. Scale landing gear, matching paint, genuine Sullivan 7-inch skylight wheels with aluminum hubs, rugged machine aluminum tundra-style tailwheel assembly, magnetically secured top hatch, hinged cockpit, painted fiberglass, uh, shape spinner designed to accept gas, petrol engines, or electric. Complete hardware kit with engine and motor mounting hardware. Optional use tow release. Oh, imagine towing with that thing, Andre. <laughs> uh, optional. <laughs> optional. Yeah. Optional articulated landing gear and inflatable bush wheels. Now that would be cool. Optional pilot figure. And this thing takes a 50. To 70 cc two or four stroke gas engine, eight channel receiver, standard servos. Uh, uh, wow. And let me get you the specs on this thing here, real quick, because this thing is huge. Now, here's the thing I don't like 15 to 20 hours of assembly time. That's uh, forget that, right <laughs> which now. would be easily two weeks for me. Yeah. <laughs> Six to eight minutes uh, of. Electric power, six to eight minutes, uh, electric power plus gas. Uh, let's see. Length. The length is 82 inches or 206 centimeters. If you want uh, electric power, you need a 120 amp ESC, a power 360. I've never even You're seen You're going to need a, a new house to store it in. Oh, listen. Listen. <laughs> listen to this. Here, here you go. Since Andre's on this giant battery kick, it Spinner takes side. two... 7,000 milliamp six cell batteries. Not one, oh. two. <laughs> you better go oh, gas well. with this one. <laughs> yeah. And of course, the noise that thing makes. Oh my gosh. It would be awesome to see that thing in the air. It's 116 inches. Here's a picture of it with a guy. Uh, um, I'll show you. Look oh, at the size gosh. of that thing. That is cool looking, though. Now, see, if I was going to go big scale, this this is what. This I is what a, I would do. Yeah. yeah. You could fly it off of anything. It'd be nice and gentle, easy to fly. I would, you know. You I, could land in a cornfield with that thing. Standing corn. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Standing <laughs> corn. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I mean, that thing is huge. Uh, wow. Well, it's knee high in 4th of July. You might get away with yeah, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. So... You know, and you got to figure too, it's $899, but that's just the plane. So then, you know, your parts list or completion guide. Uh, let's look at the gas, gas engine completion guide. So then you got to get all your servos, all your stuff for it. And then the engine's roughly about 450 bucks. Uh, receiver battery, 75 You know, so you're looking a lot of money. Let's just put it that yeah. way. Does have lights in it though? It better. <laughs> it better. <laughs> what a big yeah, airplane! It's though. an impressive aircraft. It is, um, and it, what's really interesting is like Hangar Nine has just been on a tear. Uh, you know, it's just you read their literature and they're like, "Why not? We can. We're developing. Sure. Let's go." Sure. Um, you know, and it's it's really been interesting to watch it as they're doing it, and and the products. I mean that glider is amazing looking, but mm. it's expensive. This yeah. is this is on the higher end. Like yeah. this is you you know, if you've got the field to fly it, you've got the ability to transport it. Mm -hmm. I, you know, yeah, mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, Robert says it's 27 to 31 pounds. One pound. <laughs> yep. That's, wow. Yep. That's yeah, insane. That's a, that's a, it's a big, 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 yeah. big, big plane. Hey, uh, Andre, Robert, I mean. Robert wants to know how the T-shirts are coming along. <laughs> <laughs> Is this which Robert? Uh, let's see. Where was he? I lost him. Robert Kishaba? Kishaba. Okay. Yeah. He asked that there, one. There's now. a reason. There's a reason why we haven't done a podcast in like almost a month. And it's <laughs> just, been things just got crazy for all of us. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Yeah. So I had to I'm give just, you some. Yep. We, uh, yeah, we all got a little, a little busy, I think. Uh, right after the trip, I just went full tilt at work again. And then mm-hmm. you guys got busy with a bunch of other events. Yep. And we, Chris, one day we we're like, no, we can't actually get a show off the road today because no one is in, no one is in one spot. So no. I just said, no. Is your baseball yep. done yet? We're done. You're done. We're so done. I, baseball's so. done. Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's jump back to when Andre was down here because we, we did a podcast that Sunday and we were out flying Saturday, but then we went out and flew Sunday after. I'm trying to even remember what the heck <laughs> yeah. we did. Okay. I, I got I, a little bit. Um, we had the wings out flying uh that was when you attempted your bf 109 i do remember that i, I did to get it the new prop and oh put you it did on already i got two of them. oh sweet. Well, that was the monday the bf 109 was the monday oh was the that sunday. monday what did we do sunday yeah. i can't sunday, even remember we, we did the wings okay we were flying we were, we were playing with um the uh, 900 millimeter the 4s oh yeah that's right that's right and let me just point out too that the i think the only weekend mike of the the whole year that it was in the 90s that weekend after that it's never been that hot and the poor canadian was literally melting and i i know mike doesn't like the heat either but the canadian was literally melting out oh, there in the in the heat it was so, brutal yeah we didn't get quite as much flying in as we wanted we you know came back and sucked up some air conditioning and was flying the little inductrix uh outside in the evenings which you was didn't a have lot the pool fun. open yet and either. i didn't have the pool <laughs> open well, yeah which i'm glad because after that it rained and went to like 60s after he left you know yeah. um but yeah but uh, the monday yeah monday we we got a whole lot of we went back to jackson on the monday like and it was really interesting because we were having issues launching um I was having issues with my 900 mil, my my Tech One Wing going down in the same spot you were having issues in. It was yes. just odd. Yes. Um, what I determined afterwards was um, it sounds really silly, but it was the um, the throttle uh, calibration. Oh, really? So what was happening was I was bringing my throttle back to slow down, and I guess I was shutting it off. But because the the motor was cartwheeling, mm-hmm. really, it was just that's what was going on. And then I would get all I would, she would I you know I just basically lose control of the air, the wing, and it would drop. You know. So mm-hmm. after I recalibrated, it was fine. And uh, poor Andre the Canadian <laughs> laughing at the comments. Uh, after that, it was fine. And uh, we 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 were all taking turns. You know, you flew mine for a while, and then you and Mike were up together and just yep. trying to keep up with each other. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and and what uh, we we kind of determined too, if I remember correctly, you know, we were flying the um, Tech One FPV wing from Motion, and then you also had uh, which wing the was Tomahawk. it? The Tomahawk from Hobby King, and we initially yeah. went out and was flying around the Tomahawk, and we flew it on three cells to begin with, 
And it was okay yeah. with the one thing. It was really wind, not really windy, but it was windy that day. I think you can it was, feel the effects yeah. with that craft yeah. with it. I know that. And Andre, yeah. you noticed right away, man. Especially flying FPV, you were really getting bounced around all over the place. And then, <laughs> and then we ended up switching over to four cell, and it was amazing with just that little extra weight and it cutting. You know, with the speed cutting, it made all the difference in the world with that wing, right? It was able yes, to cut it did. And it, that was interesting. And we, but we also saw that with my, uh, with the um, uh, micro Sky Hunter because yes. I went from an eight hundred to the thirteen hundred, and it was exactly the same experience. And I, uh, I was, ha- I got brave with the Sky Hunter. I was getting really brave with the Sky Hunter, mm-hmm. put one off the post. Right. Yeah, you and, had a uh, lot of fun with that little Sky Hunter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you did. Yeah. That one surprised me because um, um, the previous time I'd been flying FPV with it, I actually had an issue with my goggles, and I was having channel. Uh, it w- I'm sorry, I had a bad trace on it that we determined was a bad trace, and I wasn't getting enough voltage to my receiver. So I was like sitting there, just getting interference and all this stuff. And it's just such a stable aircraft that I was able to actually take my hands off the controls and fiddle with my goggles. But when uh, I, when I had the thing at Ohio, I flew that thing so much to the point that it was like I I came home going, I need more 4S 1000s, and I definitely need more 3S 1300s. Those were the batteries. I did not have enough to you know to fly solidly with all weekend long. And it's funny because it's an old aircraft, you know, it's an old design, but it flew really well. But I really did like that wing, uh, the little wing from from Hobby King, the Durafly mm-hmm. Tomahawk. It did yeah. well. You know? <laughs> Although, Saturday, we had to do a repair. I had to do a repair in the evening. Um, we threw it, and I, I got a sloppy throw out of it. Oh, that's and right. And it bounced up the deck. Yes. And the way the canopy's designed, the FPV transmitter sits up into the top of the canopy, mm-hmm. and it's separated. Yes. And went back and zzz, cut all the wires. That's right. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's right. Yep. So I'm it's like, kind of, oh, we lost that. Yeah, yeah, kind of a one little little flaw with that design because, like you said, all the FPV gears up in the canopy. So if that canopy comes yeah. off, <laughs> look out! <laughs> you definitely don't want that thing to come off in the air. You're toast. No. You lose your video yeah. real quick. But, uh, so yeah, we we did a field repair, and then I've since gone back and I've shortened the cables down and just cleaned it up a bit. But it went it went well. It's a tight. Um, I'm gonna get rid of. I was kind of goofing around using a different connector. Mm-hmm. Uh, I used one of the lead connectors off the um, the fat sharks, the old fat shark transmitters. But I'm just going to get rid of that, and I'm going to go to a JST connector because you're in there and you're you're, you're cramming the batteries into the bay, uh, and then you're trying to get the power leads for the transmitter and all this stuff. But uh, you know, on 4S, and I only had two 4S 1000, so I'll probably pick up a couple. But that thing was screaming. We were having a lot of fun, and it was definitely one of those, you know, Jackson Field where Chris and, and Mike fly often. There's a bunch of goalposts, and so we'd oh, yeah. around the tree, line up the goalpost, yeah. and like, and you're coming at it, and the wind is buffeting, and mm-hmm. you're like, I'm either going under or I'm going over. Yeah, <laughs> it's like a last second decision, and like I said, the Skyhander hit the post because I got buffeted by the wind at the yeah. last second. Talking. Yeah, yeah, no damn. So what we kind of determined, you know, the, the Tomahawk is a fantastic little small FPV wing platform. You know, as long as it isn't real windy. I mean, it, it flew fine in the wind. My problem was sometimes we were getting bounced around so bad, I was almost getting motion sickness <laughs> trying to fly that thing. But even if you're in a in a smaller area, uh, you can fly it on three cells. It is not a problem. Or you know, if you want to yeah. ramp it up, put a four cell in it. Uh, it was a fantastic, fun 
little FPV ship. I love ship. seeing you flying my Tech One with the, yeah. my Fat Shark goggles. Oh yeah, because <laughs> yeah. my camera was set up. Yeah, like that's bribing material right there. But you were all defensive on the little comments saying, "No, no, I'm <laughs> doing it because his camera's set up. Yeah. I still love my head plays." Yeah. I know. I got I'm like, oh, we got to get him away <laughs> from that. So speaking of that, though, let's talk about the, you know, we've mentioned it and talked a little bit about it. But what we did find out, and and this is a cool thing when we we get together, it's just kind of a shame we can't do this more. And we got different products like you you could go out and fly that tomahawk and say it's the best thing in the world and then go out and fly something else or fly them together and notice the differences. So we were flying the tomahawk and then we also had the uh, Tech One FPV wing for motion there. And first thing we notice off that fpv wing on four cells is a rocket ship like it would just <laughs> out pull that poor little tomahawk like crazy second oh, yeah. thing it is a heavy ship and i and i told you that before like with all the gear and the fpv stuff on it's heavy it, it has definitely no, is it has no problem taking off don't get me wrong it's tons and tons of power unless you're that. running on three cell like i was the first yeah time. right <laughs> yeah, that doesn't sound right yeah what do you, what do you got on that and but flying that thing FPV, I really really enjoyed it. It took the wind really well. It's very smooth, very predictable, and that extra as weight. Long just, as you throw it cleanly. Yes, correct. Oh yeah, yeah. we kept the wind oh, kept that's popping right. off. I forgot about that. And we'd have like a yes. one to two inch gap so, flying every time we threw this thing. If anybody doesn't know, and it, it was totally my fault. The wings are connected uh, with magnets, which is a great kind of idea. Uh, you for know, breakaway if you, if you crash. Well, that or you know, for transport if you really can't get it's the easy. fit. Yeah. But tell me, me, it's on four cell and the thing's a rocket ship. All you really got to do is just, just give it just a light keep toss. it level and it's going to No, die. well, I was doing a full on <laughs> discus you know, throw. Yeah, discus throw, my DLG throw. <laughs> and if you threw it too hard, the wing would actually separate. separate. And the only You're thing like, really. Bring it back, yeah. bring it. But it didn't affect the flight no. as much as you would think no. it would. It's amazingly. You it, could bring it at that one it. time, I threw it, and I—I I mean, that wing must have separated you what four see, inches. You could see air. Yeah, I mean, it was probably the servo wire. Yeah, yeah that's the only thing was the servo <laughs> wire. And I'm like, oh, please don't come unplugged. Please don't come unplugged. <laughs> Oh man, and we Mike, did that two or three yes. times, I think. Yeah, and Mike would bring it around, yeah. land it. We, you know, Try so again. that that is one thing. If you, you do get one flow. of them, just a nice, easy toss. It's no problem, but don't just but go ahead. It, it's, it's also a, a really rugged ship. Because yes. when I was trying to diagnose what was going on, because it was, I was all, I'm like, this thing worked fine at Fury Field, right? But at Jackson, it was more, you know, we turn and it was turn and turn. Yeah. And I guess because I was, I didn't have the throttle calibrated and all of a sudden it would just go whoosh into the yeah, deck. Yeah, you took a I hard dip by now and it no, survived it fine. No, it was like two inches into the dirt. And yeah, that's right. Look at that. It was it the was camp, act, that's right. It I was forgot. actually stuck in the ground like yeah, upright. Like a lawn dart. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god. But it's got this, it's got these two barrels that go that protect the camera. So I pulled uh-huh. it out, wiped the my, camera off, shook off that. the dirt, put it back together, yeah. calibrated my throttle and threw it. Yeah. And you know, in the end of the day, like Chris was like, you know what? I've you, you two were like, This is fun flying these two. So I just yeah. left mine with Chris. So you two have all the fun in the world now yeah so this is andre's and you can see i mean he literally it hit the ground so hard this whole piece here oh if you're gosh. looking on the camera was in the ground you can I'm still see up. the dirt in it all the way up here and it just didn't <laughs> didn't damage it at all so if you're if you're no. looking for a cheap inexpensive but well built uh kind of do it all fpv ship this little tech one uh fpv motor yeah oh, t motor 
it is fun. We really had a good time with it. Um, you pull the wings apart, Mike. You can kind of show them a little bit. Somehow we were flying. Yeah. <laughs> it literally, <laughs> yeah, they had no problems flying like that whatsoever. It was just kind of funny. Yeah, so Andre was kind enough to leave his so me and Mike can go bomb around together. Um, now with you and your mountain biking. Well, like, oh, I'm, I'm, oh hush. You, I'm a I, bet you went, I bet you went out this week. I tried, yeah, but I, I didn't make it. Just like you and your hunting. I know. Mm, I know turkey. Hunting. I can't do the podcast because I'm turkey hunting. Yeah, but I do, uh, that, in the rain. I do uh, that in the rain yeah. and the bad weather. Yeah. You can't fly in. You're picking yeah. the same perfect days for flying to do your mountain uh, biking. So. But yeah, we yeah. we we really had a good time. I mean, with that uh, with the FPV, and then I fell all in love with my mini tricopter again. again. When Justin came out because yeah. I was like, oh, yes. man, that thing that was, was phenomenal. I enjoyed it so much. Yeah, the DJI products and just getting up close and personal with his uh, with his big one. Oh yeah, the Inspire, or is that the Inspire? The Inspire yeah. one, and we're like, you're yeah. a close, Mike. And whoa, yeah. <laughs> we both back yeah. away from each other because yeah. we got close, but. Uh, I love that mini tricopter. That was so much fun for me. Oh yeah, and of course Andre. I'm gonna throw you up on the big screen there. He uh, he's he's uh, <laughs> fixed his P15 and fi- yep. and did some painting on air to where you're not gonna. <laughs> I mean, wow, that thing is bright. Yeah, you, have you I flown would. it yet since then? No, it reminds me of my Swift. The color of the scheme. Yeah, I with my you Swift. are not gonna lose that thing. What I really like you know, about it is you know, but the, the what's the underneath look? Yeah, like? show the underneath of it there. Oh yeah, it's see. Still same. Okay, same. Right. But I mean, this is this is what I want to see. Mm-hmm. Um, this is what I, I want to see the tail and everything. So I'll play with the bottom. This was just me goofing around. But I mean, this thing was split open, like the whole front end of it. Now I did alligator a bit of the foam using the hot water. Uh-huh. Some other guys are saying oh, they could have just massaged it all back together. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is just me trying it out. It's interesting because <laughs> the foam. Uh-huh. This foam reacted differently than the 105 because I had to do patch repairs on the 105 after I, you know, had my throw issues with that too, right? Overweighted it and everything. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, this one flew great. It was unfortunate. I just had an orientation thing and plunk, and it went. Yeah. So hey, it'll I, be up and for the weekend. And yeah. I, I'm curious because I'm I'm like you. I've had different planes with different experiences in the, in the hot water. Now for that one, do you actually put it in the boiling water or do you boil it and then turn it off and then dip it? Ah, uh, I think I had a boiling. It was a roaring boil. Okay, um, so it, it was going. I've, uh, I've, I, yeah, there's there's some people just say use the vapor. I've I've even done things. I've done repairs where I've just used the hot, not my hot, not my aggressive gun, but like a, a hair dryer. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and do something similar. But like I was talking to George, uh, tired iron, and he mm-hmm. says, yeah, last. I mocked up one. He just worked it with his hands and ended stress and release kind of thing. And I'm like, same principles working, reworking metal, I guess, yeah. you know, and you just, yeah. just pinch it and stretch. So, right. I mean, I've got the canopy isn't perfect, but I'm like, you know what? Once this thing is in the air, yeah, you really know the difference. No, no. I got to put the ESC back in. I may play with the bottom. I thought about some decals and everything, but, you know, this is, you know, rattle can and a little bit of black paint. It's not perfect, but, you know, from, from the air, you won't be able to tell the difference. Well, you know? I, I own one now, too, and I got to build it, but it didn't build arrive. It. Yeah. There ain't no building to it. Well, it. It's still in the box. I haven't opened the boxes oh. yet. Oh, you open the box and you put your receiver in. <laughs> yeah, basically. But I also got a, I was going to tease you, but I know you, you knew I was getting another F-105 Thunder yeah. Chief. I was going to do yeah. my damaged one and then show you the new one. Say, how do you think of my repair job on this? <laughs> Being a brand new one. 
but I'm like, so, nah, so he'll are know. You gonna repair your, are you going to repair your damaged one now? <sighs> now that I have the new one, I don't know. I should, because there's still a lot of good to that, I think. I don't, yeah, I'm not much on I mean, the repairs. You're you're better at repairs. I just I suck at repairs. That's what Chad Caprice helped me with. So I don't. I might give it a stab though, because I still has a good ducted fan in there, and I, I should really practice with yeah, the, I mean, the damaged just, up one. Yeah, just, you just you know work on that foam and everything. Uh, what we did discover with this one's, uh, you know, it's it's if you total a fuse, it's almost cheaper to replace them oh, completely. Yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. Versus buying spirits. So this is why my repair was like, yeah, I'm going to do the repair. And like I said, I even taped up the nose and everything on the 50. Yours looked the really nice repair, I thought. So it, it, it will do the job, and it will definitely get flown again very soon. Now, so Now, can you back up? Did you say you – because if I do a tent repair, I want to do it kind of like Here, you did. Did you put it in the water? Here's, I missed your Here's what I do. Here's what I do kind of testing it. I will boil the water, get it really boiling, and then turn it off until it stops. Dip it in kind of you know a little bit quick, yeah. pull it out, and see what it does. And then if it doesn't really do anything, dip it again, leave it a little longer, and then pull it out. And you, you'll see Do the you foam. work it then? Or is it too I, hot to I work? Generally, or? I have a little bit because it does get kind of yep. hot and soft. But you just each foam's a little different. You just got to test it a little bit. But I, I've generally never put it in the boiling water. I've always, you know, boiled it. And then, and then shut then it off. Shut just it have off. a hot, extremely hot yes. water. And then test it. Yep. Yeah. That's what I've okay. done. Okay. So. I might give it a stab. Ooh, I still like yep. that plane. Uh, that I looks think it nice. Came back together really uh, well. So, I know one uh, thing uh, <laughs> on my new one. I'm definitely putting Expo because that plane would be in one piece yes. if I would have done that. Why yeah. I didn't? Yeah, it just yeah. I'm I'm beating myself up. Oh, no. I just can't I, believe I, I didn't do that or have someone look at that. I really think I'm going to buy the F-105, maybe a new P-15 too, like you, just to so we can bomb around together. That would be that yeah, because they are fun. And oh. I think I I think flying those on the it's funny because the P-15 probably takes. The thirteen hundred, sorry, the twenty two hundred, a little better. But I want to try it on twenty two. Sorry, I want to instead of the twenty two hundred, I want to try it on the thirteen hundred. I bought two sixteen hundred packs too to try the chief on. Oh, because oh, he said the sixteen hundred would be a good size, I think, or what they recommended. Yeah. No, go ahead. I didn't nice. mean to cut you off, but you said you I, went I just, from. I'm just thinking that both airplanes probably will years your lower on your throw on your fl- your overall flight time, but I think they'll perform better, better with the lighter battery pack. Too. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, it would be nice to have that one battery for both planes, Cause too. Because I think when I was flying my Chief, I think it was, I think I was doing the 13. I can't remember now. I'm pretty sure I yes. had the 13. I think you, I think you borrowed one. Didn't you borrow one of Andre's batteries? I no, think, I don't no. think so. Oh, okay. But it flew great. No, that, I had that thing. That, it was honestly, it would just been expo. I would have it because it was, I did like three or four passes. And that thing, yeah. it was beautiful. It sounded great. I love the sound of that thing. Are you I know you was busy doing something else. I wish you could have focused with it because it was beautiful. I know. But anyways. Yep. You got to paint the intakes on your new one, man. Put some color into those things so when it's coming at you. Because that was my only problem with the 105 is coming at me. Boy, mm-hmm. that thing got narrow. Mm-hmm. Yep. I turned it really small aircraft. So eventually I'll probably put some more color onto it. But I don't think I'm going to lose the uh, the P-15 anymore. It was definitely in a, at the seat of my pants flight, though. I mean, I yeah, with no expo. The, well, I mean, well, that too. But I'm just like, yeah. it's just a different experience. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The whole going back to uh, ducted fan. Yep. Mm-hmm. 
All right, and guys. the vegan oh. performed well. I, I know we already talked. Oh that, yeah, but that did really well for oh, both of us. Yeah, yeah, ours are still in one piece. Yeah, which you is can't nice. beat the vegan for an EDF. I keep saying I'm vegan. Vegan, yeah, vegan. vegan, not vegan. Vegan. Yeah. How do I do that? I swear, I think I started that whole <laughs> horrible, our terrible accent. Vegan. All right. Well, what do you think, guys? Well, I think I got to go donate to uh, ten o'clock. David Vendor still has trip to Ohio. Here. Well, I knew my yeah. <laughs> 200, 400. No. No. <laughs> Did you on, hear that, David? Go. He said 200. No, I didn't hear that anywhere. I would love to, but oh, I'd, no, I'd be I'm in trouble kidding. if I did that. I'm just kidding. All right, real quick, uh, we got to give a shout out to getfpb.com. They are uh, willing and want to pay us more money to keep the show going. They like what you got, and it's, it's all you fans out there that are using our code and helping them out and going to their website and buying stuff from them. So, Thank you very much. We definitely appreciate it. GetFPV appreciates it. So please go check out GetFPV.com for all your drone and FPV needs. They have everything. Same day shipping. Uh, no matter where you're at, usually in the continental United States, your stuff will be on your door two days later. It's fantastic. Their customer service is unbelievable. They're continually getting new products in, and we're hoping hoping we're trying uh when we uh get this thing going again we can maybe get some stuff from get fpv and do some giveaways for you guys maybe some new popo motors uh we'd like to try them out and then maybe do a giveaway with those uh go check out the, the new popo motors which is awesome for any kind of quad because even when we were flying the little inductrix andre we kept losing props <laughs> and it was a pain in the butt i mean literally so it we would were, just spend more time looking. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Especially when it was getting dark, they'd fly off. And we're out there with flashlights trying to. Uh, so uh, you know, if you get a real quad and you hate taking them off and changing props, now it's just a quick disconnect with their new Popo motors. So go check them out. Um, and go check out their batteries. I I keep harping on this, but I know how Mike flies, and I see his batteries, and they're terrible. So go check out the Lumineer batteries that get FPV cells. They're really good quality. They're competitively priced. They last a long time. And the only reason I can say that is because I'm almost as hard as Mike on batteries with my quads, and I have quite a few Lumineer batteries, and they're not puffy. They're not round, and they last a long time, and they work great. So go check out the Lumineer batteries. Uh, they're your number one shop for everything drone FPV related. Um, I think that's about it. So, again, just go check out Get FPV. Oh, the code. I almost forgot the code, Mike. We do have a new code for Get FPV. It is RC After Hours. So if you go spend $120 at getfpv.com, type in RC After Hours, and you get 10% off your entire order. And even if they're having a sale, we found out, no matter what it is, you can still use that code. On top of it. And it is fantastic. So please go help us out, help them out, and help keep the show going. Getfpv.com. And we love the guys down there, Sean, Mike, Jeff, Roy, Andy, Tim. They are fantastic people. So check them out. Thank you. Get FPV. Uh, Thanks. And that's it. Uh, we're done. That's all. We're out of here. I made it. It's way past my bedtime. Oh, man. I thought you'd be snoring by now. Oh, dude. Well, the the Red Bulls kicked in. so. But that's it for us. <laughs> yeah. Now I'm not going to be able to go to sleep. <laughs> I'll be laying in bed. <laughs> uh, should I order the 105? What should I do? <laughs> uh, it's going to be terrible. But it is what it is. Good show tonight. 
Andre, Mike. Yep. It was good. Yeah. A lot of good information. Yeah. Thank you it was for nice to get back in here. Yeah. After three or four weeks. yeah. Um, so the next one we're going to aim for just before Flight Fest. So yes. we'll be hyping up and discussing what I'm bringing, I guess, and stuff like that. Yep. And what you're preparing for that, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I'm going to go light. I'm going to go light. Uh, thank you for Miguel Alvarez for coming on the show. Uh, yeah, that a lot of awesome. good information, uh, a lot of knowledge there. Oops, that isn't what I wanted to do. Uh, More knowledge than he could even expose, I guarantee yeah. that. So thank you for him for coming on. And again, I know we were off for almost a month, so we'll make it up to you. It just depends on our guest and what Baseball's we got going. Over. Baseball's over with, <laughs> so you might see two shows in a row or something like that, but we'll definitely make it up for you. Uh, and that's it. So thanks a lot. Good night. Good night. We will be talking to you soon. See ya. See ya.